You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It's been a crazy 24 hours. I thought that I would do something last night after both games were finished. But I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to enjoy both these games as someone who loves baseball instead of someone who's media who covers these two teams. And I'm probably not going to get too in the weeds on different things from the game. I, You know what? That's a lie. I probably will. But I will tell you that it's been a fun 24 hours to have baseball back. It's also been a little bit more stressful than I was expecting it to be. This time yesterday, I'm recording this at 5 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. This time yesterday, I was doing TV stuff for NBC Sports Chicago. And even though you're at an empty ballpark, there was a little bit of a police presence, which I thought was weird, over at Sox. Maybe more than was needed. But there were some people who were just kind of hanging around. I saw some fans post up over outside of Lot B. And they had their television and they were excited and they said hello and all that good stuff. And it's appreciated. You talk about the season and you talk about like season previews and getting excited about teams. And then poof, 24 hours later, there's two games that have been played. And ordinarily... Two games is you're settling in, you know, but in a 60 game season, two games is like, all right, so what what needs to be fixed? I heard Steve Stone talking about this and I'm looking forward to talking with him again. He's going to be on the show pretty often. He was saying how he thinks that people need to manage like they're managing a playoff game every game. And I think that he's right. The only thing is now the metric that you do have to add into this, the part of this equation is finish first or second and you're going to the playoffs. So in the White Sox case, you just need to be better than Cleveland, Detroit, and Kansas City. In my mind, you're fighting with Cleveland for that playoff spot because I just think Detroit and Kansas City – Where they are from a building standpoint is not going to allow for them to be competitive. Although it's a 60-game season and who knows, right? Anyway, I'm at the ballpark. I did the show. I was excited. Like I went and got food after that to kind of post up in the house knowing I wasn't leaving the television for at least five hours. I got home by 6 o'clock, and I was like, okay, I'm I'm locked in now on both of these games. I'm a Comcast subscriber, so I was happy to have Marquee so that I could watch Cubs instead of trying to bootleg it on the internet or having to wait for the condensed game after it was over. So that was cool. I enjoyed the broadcast. I mean, there was never going to be an issue with the game broadcast. It's Lynn and J.D., They've added some cool stuff to it, and I don't think that they've overdone it so far. I also think that some of the programming around the game is pretty decent. 
I stuck around longer than I expected after the game Friday night watching a Cubs YouTube thing that they had put on Marquee. Now, I could have just watched that on YouTube, but it was there, and I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting, and it ended up being pretty interesting. For the White Sox, it's Stone and Benetti. It's what we're used to. It's a lot of fun. And there was some fun in the game. Like, Yoan Moncada, man. Man, for a guy that was not with this team because he was dealing with COVID, to him popping off, incredible. Incredible to, to watch that. And seeing Luis Robert be unafraid in two games. Seeing him be unafraid. And maybe he's too young to be afraid or maybe he's just too good and too confident either way sometimes you see young guys kind of shrink away in situations where all eyes are on them through the first two games that does not seem to be the case I think that he's going to be a lot of fun and I am surprised at how many people that are usually very measured in the way that they talk about players are not being measured when they talk about him. That is really good and really exciting. The White Sox lost that first game, and Lucas Giolito didn't look like he had it. I don't know if this is a byproduct of him being caught by Grandal, but to go back to Stoney's whole thing of managing like it's playoffs, you have to consider if you're Ricky Renteria, McCann catches Giolito, and that's it. I don't care how much money you paid Grandal. He's got to understand that these guys are on the same page, and we don't have time this season for Giolito and Grandal to, to get on the same page. They've just, you know that McCann and Giolito work, so give McCann back to Giolito. McCann, by the way, gets in the game on Saturday and does work offensively does work I'm not saying that he should play over Grandal but when it comes to Giolito I am saying that because it's a 60 game schedule Kyle Hendricks man Friday night what a boss performance by him just give me the ball I'm ready to go I'm gonna flirt with this Maddox that's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna flirt with this Maddox and throw a complete game Shut out with nine strikeouts. You talk about a pitcher having command. Like we talk about this all the time where guys lose command. And Saturday, you saw Darvish did not have command. He had stuff, but he didn't have command. He didn't know where it was going. Sometimes that that's to his advantage because he's got so much stuff that you can't focus in and be like, oh, well, he's throwing fastballs. And then he throws a change. His changeup was up in the zone all day. Like he kept missing Caratini's mitt. Sometimes, though, because he's got hitters so off balance, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter at all. I've been toying with the idea like, should I just do a pod after every game? Since there's 60 of them, I should just do that. I could leave all the other stuff to the radio show. Put a pin in that. It's something to think about for the, the rest of time. But back to Hendricks, I was impressed with David Ross not feeling like he needed to overmanage. 
And again, going back to Steve Stone saying, man, is like it's a playoff game. One of my criticisms of Joe is that there were times where it felt like he was overmanaging. Like he had a plan and he was going to use that plan at the first indication that there were any sorts of issues. Like he had figured out like where in the lineup he was going to go to the bullpen and what particular matchup he wanted if a couple runners got on base. Now, this wasn't really a problem for Hendricks because he only gave up three hits and he didn't walk anybody. And when you saw Ross going out to the mound in the ninth, you're like, don't take him out. I get that the tying run is on deck. Don't take him out. And you saw Hendricks bulldog his way through that ninth inning and get the Cubs that win. It was great. It was great to see see him perform like that. I have a lot of respect for him. I, I, I really like the way that he approaches pitching. I think that for guys that aren't blessed with stuff, Darvish can have a game where he doesn't have command and still win it. He didn't on Saturday, but he can because his stuff is so good. Hendricks doesn't have that. Hendricks knows how to pitch, and he's got guts and guile. He's super smart, and watching him him understand how to set up hitters is a joy. I really, really like why. I actually like watching Darvish pitch too, but I like watching Kyle Hendricks pitch because you're talking about a guy who throws 90, maybe. But when you're spotting your fastball, you can throw 90 and get people out, and he did that. He had command of the strike zone. He was keeping the ball low and away. He was keeping the the hitters for the Brewers off balance. And it was cool to see him go out there and just dominate Milwaukee. Someone had asked me, I was actually on our sister station in Milwaukee Friday afternoon. And they were like, why would Hendricks get the start on opening day instead of Darvish? And in the two starts that the two guys had, you saw why. I still have a lot of high hopes for Darvish because, again, his stuff is so good. But Kyle Hendricks went out there and did something that hasn't been done since I've been born. A Cubs pitcher tossing a shutout on opening day. Hasn't happened since 1974. Couldn't happen to a, a better professional than him. So I've had fun. Like, it's so weird how much of the day gets sucked away when you're watching baseball. I I went out for a bike ride this morning, got a nail in my tire, so it ended up going a little longer than I expected. By the time I finished breakfast, the Cubs game was on. And I was watching Cubs and White Sox until the moment that I'm talking to you, outside of going to take my bike to, to go get an inner tube. I did that in the bottom of the eighth of the White Sox game once uh, Leori Garcia had helped himself because last night he did not look like he belonged at the major league level playing second base. And then he hits two bombs, so I feel like it's a net zero. He gave up four runs in my estimation, and he got four runs back as the White Sox get their first win. So Cubs and White Sox are one and one. They'll try to win their series. Cubs against the Brewers and the White Sox against the Twins 
on Sunday, and I'm looking forward to sitting down and watching it. I will say, though, because these games came so fast at me, and it's on me that I didn't look ahead and look at the schedule, I would have preferred, and I get that there's a national audience that's at play, I would have preferred that one of these games was at night, even though I know that that meant that it pro- I was probably going to be watching baseball from, like, 3 in the afternoon until 10 at night. But I would have enjoyed, like, one of the games being at night. Same thing tomorrow. Both games start around the same time. And I'll I'll watch because baseball's back. I do think that we should probably have some conversations soon about whether or not we should be doing this. When you look at what happened with Washington and Juan Soto, I'm not sure that I buy the idea of he 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 had, he had been quarantined because someone around him had COVID. He tests negative after being quarantined. He comes back, he's back around the team, and then four days later, he's got COVID. And they're like, well, he didn't really come into contact with anybody else. And I'm like, really? It's going to get stranger as the season goes on. I am happy that we're back, but I do still have some reservations about this. But as Bomani says, the, 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 the money says that you got to play. And the money has definitely been talking. And if you look at look at already what the numbers are on these on the ratings of the the two national games, and I'm sure once we find out what the numbers are from Friday night, we're gonna find that a lot of people on a perfect summer night, it was perfect last night, were in front of their televisions or in front of their tablets watching baseball. It's hard to compartmentalize the joy of having the thing that you love back with the risk that it presents for the people who are out there playing and coaching and managing and around it. I don't want to ignore that. To me, that is a central part of us talking about baseball and basketball being back. The NBA was patting itself on the back all day Friday because there were zero tests, zero positives, And I get that you're living in a bubble, and the hope is that if everyone does what they're supposed to do inside the bubble, you'll have the same type of success that the TBT tournament had. If 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 nothing, if no one breaks the rules, if you're all sitting there with negative tests, then everyone should be fine. We'll see if that continues. I hope that it does. I truly hope that it does. Because it was weird having baseball and basketball at my disposal again. It was really strange. I look forward to more complicated nights like that coming up. And I thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I don't mean to to, to pour salt on your your uh, your joy of baseball. Just something to keep in mind while we're watching all this. It was fun to get mad about things that don't matter. That was it was cathartic to yell at Leori Garcia through my television because he took bad angles to the ball. And I'm sure that today people were yelling at Jason Hayward because he keeps rolling over on inside pitches and grounding out to the right side. As long as we don't make it personal, I'm cool with it. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.